Hello and welcome to What We Got Right and What We Got Wrong, uh, 2Q 2022. Uh, my name is Aaron, I'm joined by Tian. And um, just to highlight what this actually is, it's uh, very much part of our process review where we try to effectively quantify um, the quality of our decisions. Obviously, there's no perfect way to do that. We're not necessarily managing money, but it provides a rough guide to clients as to you know, how we're using our tools to express that in tangible investment ideas. Um, so Tian, we updated our track record table that goes into the back of our usual reports. Um, broadly speaking, the hit rate was pretty good at the 70% level. Um, I guess, top of mind then, like what stood out for you when updating that track record table? Um, yeah, well, firstly, I think the track record table generally goes a bit longer, right? It looks about more three to six months. Mm -hmm. But I think um, in, in general, if you said to me what's the, the most important thing we got right, I think it is a liquidity cycle. Mm -hmm. I think our, you know, BCFI, access liquidity, you know, I think these are some of the best um, lead indicators that we've ever built in the history of this. Company, and we proved right? it right through many, many cycles. Yeah. And consistent. so once again, I think yeah. that that was helpful just as just a, always a cautious cyclical overlay. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, that, that's been very helpful. Um, but what stood out, I think, of the this year and the past quarter really is I think we've also proven out a little bit more this idea man plus machine beats machine where you know our models were flagging kind of a lot of conflicting things beginning of the year mm. right there were structurally um good signs lots of yeah but lots of very bad cyclical signs how mm. do you balance it mm. and i think we could come in with a more nuanced view but then after the fed march meeting obviously i think we, we were probably the least model report we put out this year was kind of the the post fed you know the window of vulnerability yes kind of short bonds short equity right effectively you know being pretty cautious all around. Mm. And I think, and then we've basically stuck to that since then. I think that that was really important as a demonstration of the tools can take you to a place and then you, you understand the context mm. of what's happening in the market and then try and combine it. So, you know, you know, to me, I think that was very important. Obviously, as a result of that, most things have flowed through in terms of just generally having a risk off tilt. Yes. Um, what we got most wrong, um, again, I don't think we got think too massively wrong because because i think we've couched it correctly in terms of the cyclical context but mm -hmm. certainly what jumps out at me was one on the dollar where in march end of march beginning of april when we we started trying to turn more neutral yes. obviously we, we caught the contrarian bull dollar trade very well from kind of july 21 onwards mm -hmm. right we stuck to it but i think yeah we ended up going a bit earlier i don't mm -hmm. i think um you know, we were probably a little bit stubborn and not reversing. So mm -hmm. if you if you look at some of the more recent tools we ran in the, the some of the June portfolio watches, uh, you know, our analog finds the same. We're, we're probably still in the middle of a, a bull market on yeah. dollar. If you look at the the, the kind of dollar smile theory, mm -hmm. the US is still outperforming. So yeah. I, I feel like that 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 was really was a, 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 a it wasn't a great green great. I, it's not a terrible mistake in the sense we weren't saying you should short the dollar. We just mm. thought, okay, this trade's kind of over, mm. you, but you kind of miss another big level. And yeah, obviously Russia, Ukraine kind of threw a span yeah. in the works. And yeah, it's just how do you balance that? And I think in, in the sense we weren't, um, I think, you know, reviewing our tools right now, it still makes sense for us to retain that kind of neutral stance. I don't think either way we'd be shifting too heavily. Uh, though at the same yeah. time, I think it's, yeah, it's a tough one where we're, well, there's, there's Guns you had, you longer short dollar. I would, yeah, it's long, right? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, the same, right? like, obviously, yeah, 60% yeah, is like euro. And then, again, it's not right. It's it's a case of seeing, you know, the eurozone is pretty much in a recession. Would I be 
you know, looking at the Euro approaching parity right now, I mean, I wouldn't be looking to yeah. put on contrarian trades right now. Um, so to that extent, yeah, I would be still looking to not necessarily shift the dial too much, right, in terms of currency exposure. Um, but I guess going back to, um, to equities, I think what stood out to me particularly was the fact that obviously Q2, we saw just all sectors down pretty much across um, the S&P. Um, you know, we retained some structural positives, things like energy, of course, we still like. Um, I guess we can take some solace in the fact that it underperformed by a lot less relative to obviously the high duration sectors, tech and growth and so forth. Um, and I think we, we've done a pretty good job of helping clients just understand, you know, what are the key exposures, like directionally we were bearish. Um, and then within that, it's just trying to highlight where are the places where you can make money. And so, you know, Delta neutral, um, profitability and value yeah. were yeah. critical factors that actually uh, made you money. And I think, um, you know, this goes back to our, um, I think it was the April thematic, the equity investors dilemma. Um, February. Was it February, yeah, February. February, apologies. Yeah. Um, and that, I think, really laid out the, a lot of the key issues that were happening at the, at the time and that have played out yeah. to, to this day, right? Where, you know, quality has typically been a nice hedge in the environment where, um, you know, you're getting into quite a bad cyclical environment, but um, of course, at the time, quality was super expensive. It was high duration in many ways, right? So you didn't have the classic hedges, and then obviously bonds didn't give you that same diversification potential as it once did. Um, and so I think to that extent, we did a pretty good job of highlighting that, you know, you still want to be exposed to quality factors, but you need that overlay where you have that yeah, margin of safety. Yeah. And I think um, that's played out quite nicely. I think um, that that report was titled very well, right? I think it, it is really an equity investor's dilemma yeah. because we wrote essentially, and, and this is still true today, right? In a high inflation environment, you, you don't get the, your bonds and bond proxies don't do the hedging work for you as much as you think. Mm -hmm. At the same time, to your point, you need a value till on top of the quality till, otherwise, you know, the quality is too expensive, right? Yeah. So yeah, I think that's kind of been playing out and that's still a little bit what's going on. So mm -hmm. I, I still think given you know, I think I, I really like the quote we put in the, the July leading indicator watch, you know, this thing about just when you think things can't get any worse, they get worse. Mm -hmm. And when you think things can't get any better, they get better. And I think literally every month as we sit, you know, we come in and it's yeah. like the indicators just getting, keep getting worse and yeah. worse, liquidity is worse, growth is worse. Like other than these contrarian short-term tactical signs, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's amazing to just see how the outlook is not actually shifting, but just continuing to be bad. So yeah. yeah um, no, I, I think um, something else that potentially has been top of mind for me is also on the recession front. Because mm. obviously we made a big deal about how we try and think about our recessions a little bit differently, right? For, you know, to us, you really want to worry about the big cascade kind of recessions, yeah. you know, that, you know, rip off through the economy and you get like, you know, yep, you know, credit crunches, yeah. initial leg down, another leg down, yeah. another leg down. So. I think you know to that extent we probably don't care as much about as uh, as much about technical recessions, mm. but clearly what's going on this year is a little bit you know the the the, the reaction in equity markets has been quite strong and it's kind of implying that there's a pretty high chance of um, recessions getting priced into you know given a lot of the drawdowns mm -hmm. and certainly if you look at the fact that inflation surprise on the upside it wouldn't be that surprising for um, kind of the the Q two real GDP print to also be negative, so you're kind of in a technical recession. So I think there's a clear, um, always something I felt we're being a little bit out of sync with the, the general consensus market in terms mm. of the descriptions around recession and all this talk about recession or no recession. But obviously as of right now, 
if you look at various regime shift recession models, the US risk is starting to tick up, but we're not quite there. Yeah. But certainly Europe, China, we're already facing a recession, mm -hmm. right? Well, China's, China's been in recession for like the, yeah. all of this yeah, year, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, again, hopefully, you know, I think that's something at least we put in from November last year mm -hmm. as well, so that wasn't too bad. But I think there's definitely a gap there, and mm -hmm. as a result of that, there's, um, you know, there's probably opportunities now looking forward in terms of bonds. Because again, it's slightly tricky where there's probably a lot of nuance, but mm -hmm. the fact that yields are now so much higher than our fair, fair values, right? Yes, our 10-year yeah. our, our fair value yields just like collapse. Mm -hmm. I think it's like, the center point is down to like 1.5% mm -hmm. now, which is just like crazy low. Yeah, yeah. And it's all to do with the Euro dollar curve inversion. It's yeah. such a big factor in the model. So, you know, I, 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 we're probably not going to get there, mm -hmm. but certainly it, it, it definitely feels like, you know, that, that peak at 350, that, that, that's probably the peak for this cycle. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I think, yeah, with, with the tactical tools as well, I think it's been a really, uh, which, you know, we laid out in our tactical cookbook at the start of the year, um, I think it's been really like, very much proof of concept where things like LPPL have flagged the crash at the start of the year. That's kind of played out. And now that LPPL signal has kind of is turned off and it tells us that a lot of the tactical headwinds that were present with uh, with treasuries, not just treasuries, but across, you know, bunds and so forth. And those have pretty much played out. And yeah. so, you know, the path is clearing. Um, I think it's a case of again, kind of dipping your toes, respecting some of the tactical bullish signs, but then understanding the roadmaps and the cyclical picture where, you know, ideally we want to see CPI peak. And I think yeah, yeah. we've been right to, I think, stick to that. And again, it's, again, it goes back to your point about manifest machine where, you know, effectively we've got these tools that work over different horizons, tactical, cyclical, structural. And I think for us, um, it's a case of balancing that out, right? And coming up with a view at the end of the day. And I think, again, it goes back to the track record where, um, you know, we're not necessarily, you know, explicitly measuring performance on kind of a, a weekly, you know, one month basis, but we're looking at that kind of three to six month um, horizon where a lot of idea, our ideas start to really play out. Yeah. And I think that goes, again, I think we've done a pretty good job, I think, of weighing the, the different signals. Um, I think now it's just a case of, um, again, kind of balancing it out and seeing how that plays through Q3. I, I think just... It's probably important to emphasize those time horizons, right? In terms of mm. the six months to 12 months cyclical outlook, one to three months trading environment and yeah. the bigger picture. Because I think something slightly frustrating for me and perhaps for our clients or general market participants is we seem to be in an environment of lower conviction, mm. right? And obviously most of the time people are like, what's the best trade? What's like the next big thing? And um, so, you know, what we've been doing is more taking stuff off, right? Like, you know, yeah. I think we, we call that, you know, software hard, Right, short software versus hardware, the kind yeah. of duration trade. But again, I think our timing was pretty good to take it off. Yeah. Take it off in April, May. I can't remember exactly. You know, stuff like we were long gold and we took it off and then gold crash, right? Mm -hmm. So the problem is, I think it's just hard to have a lot of conviction views when you don't have the time horizons aligned. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we got this weird situation now where most of the structural things remain poor liquidity, growth is bad, right? Mm -hmm. Recession is rising. But a lot of the, on the risk asset side, they're all very oversold, a lot of bad news priced in, yeah. that you're not seeing the divergence. But this is where ultimately I think it comes back to, if you need to find conviction ideas or ways to get asymmetry, it does feel like bonds are the place to go, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's something where it's oversold, it's starting to come back, yeah. the narrative is shifting, and it fits the more kind of cyclical outlook environment. Mm -hmm. So it does feel very much like H2 um, into next year is kind of the, the bond rally kind of trade. Yeah. Um, 
and obviously eventually if the Fed you know backs off then you get a curve steepening right yeah, yeah. and interestingly that's basically like one of the most important milestones you want to see for equity market bottom mm-hmm. so I think something to emphasize is a lot of times it's not just what's your best idea today but maybe we just need to lay out the roadmap mm-hmm. which I think is probably the, the, the best thing we've done in the big shifting our research is mm-hmm. if you read we're constantly saying this is a roadmap we're cautious on equities, however, this is what we need to see to yeah, turn bullish, exactly. right? Yeah. Does, has a channel earlier shifted? Mm-hmm. Has inflation peaked, which enables the Fed? And so whilst none of those things are in place, you know, uh, there's no reason to shift from mm-hmm. our kind of, you know, the, the very bad liquidity indicates of what these things are telling us. But I, I think the, the, the things we emphasize this idea of what, what are the milestones? Mm-hmm. And I think what you've seen consistently at major equity market bottoms is curve steepening and, and bonds basically initially have a big risk-off rally and then start to come off, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously linked to the steepness. So yeah. I, to me, yeah. that's like a, a just absolutely critical sign I'll just look for it for the mm-hmm. rest of the year as like an indicator for when equity is truly going to be a more sustainable bottom. Sure, yeah. Great. Um, yeah, I think, as you say, the the big shift in our research has been laying out these roadmaps and I think it's really served us really well through this year where, you know, respect to the liquidity cycle, we focused on the inputs that work best over yeah. many market bottoms and tops, um, and uh, yeah, I think the I think the only thing left to highlight is really just looking at when the the tactical cyclical structural fully aligns, and it seems like we are getting closer um, to to la- like a bullish yeah. Latam uh, thesis, but again, not quite there yet. But something that we may expect to see in Q three. And the fi- final point, just for clients to be aware of, is obviously we've been making. Um, you know, very significant investments in our tech stack, in mm-hmm. hiring developers, in kind of, you know, re- rebuilding our portal, right? Yeah. Some of these things. Again, you, you might not see it today, but the idea is that we can start scalably, you know, delivering the content mm-hmm. um, to you based on things you care about, based on these time horizons to, you know, really, really start showing that um, in kind of a more accessible way rather than just in, in a report. So, yeah, sure. you know, yeah. I think that, that to me is uh, pretty exciting for the second half. Of the yeah, day. definitely. Great. Thanks very much, Tio. Thank you for listening.